0: Say it with me. It's Friday. Welcome back. Yeah, do you like my tie? I'm sure I've I've already got compliments on it before we started the show. Uh, This week, we're going to talk about ministry in general. So get ready. Uh, We may offend you. We may encourage you. Let's wait and see. Welcome back to another episode of Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Welcome back. Welcome back to you, Pastor. Yes. Yeah, it's good to have you in the flesh.
1: Yes.
2: Uh, producer, I actually man. never did leave the flesh, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> uh, whether wow. in the body.
0: The wow. Body, yeah. I can't. Oh, my goodness. Come on. That would make a good podcast. The producer's wearing a necktie today. Yes. I'm wearing a necktie We're today.
3: not sure what the coach is wearing yeah. today. Yeah. Uh,
0: what do we got going on? Well, it's Valentine's week. It's a week now. It's not just a day. We celebrate the entire week. Okay. Who's we? Uh, mm.
2: The the royal we.
3: Oh. Okay. Okay. All right.
2: You must be celebrating something because you're wearing a tie today. I am. Yeah. Is there something going we're, on? We're
3: or? glad the pastor's back, and yeah, so but, I thought, wow, I call a up and man, get it, man. It. Wow. So that being said, uh,
0: I can't say it better myself. <laughs> wow. wow w o o o o o w w w w Wow. Five stars. Wow. Just wow. Wow. That's from Colton Garrett on Apple Podcasts. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness.
3: Thank Come you on. for that. Go and to www.wowohmygoodness.com. Uh, Colton,
0: thank you for the well-thought-out review. You know, that's what we like about our audience is they put a lot of work into this kind of stuff when they put... Oh, my goodness. Uh, so we will say amen to you. Thank you for Oh, my goodness.
1: Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah!
0: I have another one here. It's called Marks. Marks. Huh. Marks.
2: I think I know where this one's going, actually. <clears throat> five yeah.
0: stars. Thank you for the five stars, by the way. We do appreciate yeah. those stars. Every star counts. It says this. I go to church. Like, no, no welcome, hello, <laughs> anything. Just yeah. I go to church with Cody Marks' brother. Ah. And his dad in Broken yep. Arrow, Oklahoma. Yep. Just say the word and I'll get his brother on him. Oh. oh. <laughs> Lesson, we will say <laughs> Can I Get a amen?
1: <laughs> Can I get a hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs>
0: so we will say the word to you.
2: Yes. Ready? The word. The word.
3: The word. You have our word.
2: So I was with Cody Marks last week. And we were at Deeper Conference, Mm -hmm. and he accused me while I was preaching (laughs) of getting into the weeds. Uh, Interesting. He said, man, you get into the weeds on some stuff. I'm not going to say what the stuff was. He just said, you get in the weeds. I might add the next day when Uh he was preaching, Mm -hmm. I told him when he was done, I said, look, I might have deviated into the weeds. You (laughs) hunt a left and never came back. (laughs) So he told me, Uh I said, I I actually read him that review. Mm -hmm. I said, you got to give, man. Like, come on. He said, oh, come on, if we can talk about Mm -hmm. what you were wandering in the weeds about last week. And I said, it's on. Oh, boys. It's on.
3: The audience just heard it.
2: Now, the audience, you got to help us with
3: this.
0: Anytime you see... This fine brother at a conference. Yes. And you get him to sign your Bible. Yes. Right before he signs, say, listen, I don't even want you to sign unless you agree. By signing this Bible.
3: <laughs> you agree. Yeah. You
0: agree. Yes. To go on Kingdom Speak and yes. get in the weeds. Yes. Just say that. So yeah. I get, get in
3: the weeds. If you're a pastor and you're wanting Brother Marks to come evangelize. <laughs> Offer him no, the opportunity, and then say, "But before you come, <laughs> oh, you need to my go goodness, speak." It's not boycotting. <laughs>
2: I'm going to text him right now and tell him yeah. he, he needs to be sure and listen to this episode.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, with great While mm.
0: well, While you're doing that, I'm going to read a third review just because it's Valentine's week. I love them. Principles help hold <laughs> the foundation. Another five stars. Rules versus principles was an amazing episode. We agree. We agree to that. I grew up in the generation that you did it because I said so. We didn't get the explanation of why. When raising my children, I went with teaching them why. If they have it in their heart, when an issue arises, it won't be difficult to choose. Thank you for putting it in terms we can all understand. God bless you and your work. And that Comes from Smile a while for you. Smile, smile a while (laughs) via Apple Podcast. So we will say amen to that smile. So there it is, man. People are chiming in. Yeah, that John John Lambeth episode was fire. It was so fire. We got a lot of another
2: a lot of requests. Oh my goodness! For um, him to come back and give his testimony. This guy. um, Yeah.
0: Big buck was so reluctant to come on the podcast. So reluctant to come
2: on. Yeah. Like, what do you? We're not going to hurt you.
0: We're just going to talk. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Anyway. One at a time. We're going to pick them off. Yeah. We said at the start of the year we got our list. Yep. So I think we're doing okay for the month of January. We got we got the big buck, and now uh, this month we will. Draw a bullseye on a couple others and, you know, Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. all right. Where are you taking us today? Where
2: are you taking us
0: into the weeds?
2: (laughs) Into the weeds. (laughs) (laughs) Man, last week's episode with Bishop Mm. Lambeth on. Oh yeah. (laughs) Secondhand Mm -hmm. idolatry. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. What a, what a revelatory episode. So we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna kind of wander into um, a a bit of an area that has come up a couple of times mm-hmm. in communication mm-hmm. with uh, our audience. Folks ask, man, could you talk about mm-hmm. the role of the second man
1: mm.
2: in a, in a leadership hierarchical structure? The role that the second man plays. And so I want us to just talk about it today. It's going to be pretty, pretty uh, low key, but um, I think it's a very critical, Mm. a very critical role. I want us to look at, um, I know I don't have real structured notes for today, and you guys are used to that, but can you, do you have a Bible app on your phone or? Uh, I can Google it where are we going <laughs> <laughs> Google it Genesis 45 okay and 24 it's it's we're jumping into the story of Joseph mm-hmm. and he has just revealed mm-hmm. himself to his brethren and his brethren have come to him mm-hmm. because they're in need they' they're they're famished mm-hmm. they're in need of corn he's already sent them back and forth two or three times and now, he has released them to go back and bring his dad. And he, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm sending the wagons with you, which is, an, is, is a statement in and of itself. And he has some parting advice mm-hmm. for them. What, so what we, is that? So he sent his brethren away. Yes.
0: And they departed. And he said unto them, see that ye fall not
2: out by the way. See that ye fall not out by the way. I think this is connected back. First of all, he knows his brethren. Mm -hmm. He knows the the rivalry that exists within the family. Oh, yeah. He also had stood outside that that jail cell, undoubtedly, Mm -hmm. that he had put in, uh, was it Simeon? Uh, The audience can fact check me on that, but... I think it was Simeon that ended up staying and then the brethren were all there for mm-hmm. 3 days I believe. Mm-hmm. And 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 the one brother looks at the other and goes now nah, I, I think it was Reuben that said I just want you all to know cuz they they said amongst themselves the reason that we're in this mess mm-hmm. is because we sold our brother mm-hmm. to Egypt again they don't know it's Joseph at the time. Mm-hmm. True. Right. Yeah they don't know. Joseph's standing outside listening to this, and he hears the self-justification begin to kick in as Reuben says, "Uh, well, I never did think it was a good idea. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I was the one that. And so he doesn't want that rivalry amongst brethren to derail the journey. I'm sending you back yep. to go get dad. Don't mess this up. Don't <laughs> mess it up. Yep. Don't try to delegate mm-hmm. who owns more responsibility for why we are where we are and mm-hmm. why we're going through what we're going through. And, and and this is some instruction that I have for you. Just go get dad and come back. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I want all of you to come back. You're all my brethren. So, the story of Joseph is, um, is a fascinating story mm-hmm. to me. And if you go back to the beginning of Joseph's life, <clears throat> he was somewhere around 17 years of age mm-hmm. when God began speaking to him in dreams. So first of all, we don't have this six-year-old kid coming down. In yeah, the morning with a dream. That's right. Yep. Of a 17-year-old young man mm-hmm. that um, comes with a dream. An interesting thing is is Joseph. Joseph was hated by his brethren before he was a dreamer. Mm. Um, and so it, we, we have to put this in because we're going to be we're going to be um, praising him a bit. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to highlight. That out. The warts that he had. Yeah. He was a tattletale. Yeah, yeah. Um, scripture says that he he comes running back in and tells his dad that the children that are born to his second wife are X Y Z, and and the boys didn't like that idea. Hmm. They they kind of recoiled against his tattling. And uh, the Bible says that he was hated all the more because of his dreams. So oh, there was man. already a flow that was happening. Then Joseph, at 17 years of age, begins to have these, these, these encounters. And um, he comes down and he tells the boys. Here, here, here is something that, that we got to factor in. It's one thing to dream a dream, and it's another thing Scripture says to tell a dream as a dream. Yeah. It's quite another thing to dream the dream and interpret the dream. Yeah. And interpret it in such a way (laughs) that you're the epicenter of the dream. You're the pinnacle. Yeah. Yeah. How would that go down with you if someone just walked into your life and said, (laughs) I had a dream last night. Oh, yeah. And I was a millionaire, and you were my wash boy. Yeah. <laughs> and you were a peasant.
0: Yeah. yeah. I took everything that you
2: had. <laughs> Pass the Cheerios. <laughs> yeah. It right. Over well, he dreams it, yep. and then he interprets the dream. Yep. And in the interpretation, he is the star, quite literally, of one of the dreams mm-hmm. of the show. This happens twice. Mm-hmm. He's a slow learner. Yep. He comes downstairs. He tells them again, yep. and they hated him the more. Until when they would see him coming later on. Mm-hmm. Here comes the dreamer. Mm-hmm. Um, you you have to you have to read it from the atmosphere in the room. You can't read it from the end of the story.
0: Oh man, this story, the whole thing, you can get ahead of, you know. Oh. I mean, you get to the pit, you get to the prison. There's all of these parts of this story that yeah, you can easily just miss the context.
2: Well, and and you can you could almost accuse the players in the story of malicious intent. Yeah. Because you know how things Play out at the end mm-hmm. when you have to stay in the moment. Yep. A seventeen-year-old kid telling you hey, that he had a dream and that the entire family was going to revolve around him. Mm-hmm. How would that go at your breakfast nook? It's it's in a family that that has it, it's already a bit. I, I'm I, I would. Can we say dysfunctional? I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's two spouses, two moms, two separate families. Rivalry. The rivalry is there.
0: Just just in the numbers of people that are there and the personalities, yeah. there is undoubtedly
2: everything you can imagine in terms of, of that clash. Yeah. And out of this is going to emerge the people of God. <laughs> I mean, they're rooted in in seed form yeah. In this family unit, the people of God are literally that will become numerically
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, innumerable, are all gathered around one table at this moment, and so we we know the story, and I do, I don't want to belabor this, but but Joseph is sold by his brethren, he's put in a pit, mm-hmm. then then Ishmael. So let's go ahead and add this. Layer to the um, already complicated narrative. The Ishmaelites are who his brothers sell him to. So mm-hmm. this is coming from from Abraham, Hagar, Ishmael. Yep. These are these are the. Black sheep of the family, if right. you will. The right. the conflict right. yep. is already there. Yep. So his brethren didn't sell him directly to Egypt. They sold him to their cousins. Exactly. Who they're already at odds with, and I would venture to say, without doing what I just said that we're guilty of doing so often, I don't want to read too much into the story, but I honestly do not believe that Joseph that that Joseph's brethren sold him to Egypt with the intent that he would survive
3: no for sure yeah
2: he knew that egypt hated them mm-hmm. he knew that ishmael hated them so this is an easy way for us to kill him without killing him we'll mm-hmm. we'll sell him to someone who will merchandise the process and the blood won't be on our hands sure
3: yeah, I believe there's proof in that just by the story they told their father. Well, they, right? Yeah, right. that's a good they, point. They, that's they, a good point. They knew he wasn't gonna survive that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I wasn't planning on putting this in. Oh, let's do it. But there is a very real side of this mm-hmm. that that for your consideration. Mm-hmm. When they bring that coat back to their daddy. Mm-hmm. They dipped it in blood. It is shredded. I mean, they they staged the event. Mm-hmm. Okay. He says, "An evil beast have done this." That word "beast" there. You look it up. I don't have it in my notes. Previous study. That word "beast" there can be interpreted relative.
0: Whoa! (laughs) Just think about that for a second. (laughs) That's just a side bomb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not a Bible bomb. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a strong possibility Hmm. that he knew. That's another episode. He knew that his boys had done it. Well. Which is why, when they tried to comfort him, he would not be comforted because mm. you have done it. I'm not saying that he knew that the boy was sold to Egypt, or that, but he knew that Joseph's quote-unquote demise, mm. the blood was on their hands. So when he was saying an evil beast had done this, he was not envisioning a lion catching him on the way. And there is no... no man well how do we get into this there's no there's no more fierce beast than family
0: oh my I was just gonna say man <laughs> when the rivalry hits there's yeah there's multiple you just look in history the family feuds that have destroyed <sighs> you know political businesses uh you name it when family erupts <laughs> Yeah. It's, an when, <laughs> it's
3: an evil beast. When destruction comes from within, oh. it's, it's always an, another level.
2: For it's sure. an evil beast. Yeah. Well, when you take that and lay that 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 filter yeah. over the church being the family of God, sure. yeah. of course, it, it's never the attacks from the outside that kill the church. <laughs> well, the church is jeopardized by the evil beast within, not yeah. the beast without. Okay, let's bring this back to um, the show. Back to it. We
3: were were talking about weeds at the start of this podcast. Yeah. We just did a left turn there. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to try to bring this back. (laughs) Let's let's, let's
2: bring this back. Yeah. So we know that Joseph goes through the process of, of a pit sold to Egypt. God favors him, rises to the second in command of Potiphar's house. Okay? And then... He hits another roadblock. And his integrity, because he will not compromise his integrity, Potiphar's wife lies on him. He sheds the coat again, and he runs out the door, and she says, I have proof Mm -hmm. that he was trying Mm -hmm. to be with me. This puts him in prison. So the dream that he had put him in a pit his integrity, put him in a prison. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to be in prison because you're guilty. It's quite another thing to be put in prison because you don't, you refuse to be guilty. Exactly. Exactly. I will not do it.
0: What did the bishop preach, Bishop McKillop, we're referring to, obviously, um, about you can, when, man, do you remember how he said that, how he framed that, that statement? I'm just remembering him preaching about, I don't remember what he said, about losing your, wasn't he preaching about integrity and about how Joseph lost his coat? Yeah. Well, I uh, I can't recall how he said it now, but he preached a message about losing, you can lose your coat and not lose your integrity, but if you lose your integrity.
2: Right. Well, and and then out of that has come, and we've talked about this before, the 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 fact that you can take my reputation,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: but you you can't take my integrity. If I maintain that's right, yep. my integrity, yeah, I will get my reputation back. Now this is critical. This is every young person, every pastor. Mm-hmm. Every, you need to you need to get this concept mm-hmm. and this principle. Mm-hmm. Nobody they can accuse you of things. Mm-hmm. That will mar your reputation. But if you maintain your integrity,
3: That's
2: right. you'll get your reputation back. Yes. They can only keep your reputation for a while, which is why Jesus made himself he didn't of no reputation. Worry about that, exactly. He didn't build his ministry off of his reputation, mm-hmm. he built it off of the integral mm-hmm. essence. Of who he was, integrity. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. I've I've been around ministries that are more worried and begin the idea. Because if you if you don't, if you don't have this understanding, you start chasing down every accusation. Mm-hmm. Right?
3: Yep. Yeah.
2: So seeing how we've pulled left and gone into the weeds a little bit. Um, no, but this is pertinent. We're talking about, you know, if you're not everybody thinks what we're doing is the right thing to do, even on this podcast. So my reputation can take a hit because of that. But I know who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing. In the intent. And I'm not trying to pastor the world. Mm-hmm. So if I maintain my integrity, mm-hmm. any maligning to the reputation will be brought back into alignment with integrity before time is over. That's right. Yeah. So quit fighting and chasing down every mm-hmm. little skunk path of someone that's going, well, that guy is uh, and he is uh, mm-hmm. and that woman is this, and that girl is this. Get back on the track. Don't chase that stuff down. That's not who you are. That's right. Jace, Joseph maintained his integrity mm-hmm. before God. hmm I'd rather be in a prison with my integrity. Yeah, exactly. Than in a palace without it.
0: Yeah, yeah. We've
2: we've done another episode about that before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And it's quite possible that in the short term, he may have kept his reputation and still stayed in the palace. Mm-hmm. But his integrity would have undermined mm-hmm. that reputation, she- and eventually, the reputation always comes in a li- into alignment. Mm-hmm with the integrity or lack thereof Mm -hmm.
0: or lack thereof or lack thereof yeah and we're still we're still talking about leadership roles right we're still talking about yes we are and the 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 temptation can be well i could get a bigger position with a little less
2: integrity (laughs) right that
0: that's that's the the whole
2: sleep your way to the top thing that's the whole right that's the game right that's the game and that's alive in the apostolic ranks. And it's alive, really, in every one of us. That is something mm. that we must keep in check. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pointing back to last week's episode on idolatry, it, it is such a a, a hairline mm-hmm. that is often invisible separation between truly authentically worshiping God and then what you're doing becoming something that people worship you. Hmm. It's, it's, it's a fine line. So, Joseph in this moment is now reinstated by dreams.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? He's in prison. Yep. The butler, yep. the baker, they start having dreams. Mm-hmm. Joseph at that moment begins interpreting dreams because that's the gifting that God has given him. I don't think there's anybody at this moment that questions he's a man of integrity. Now he's operating in the dimension of his calling, mm-hmm. which is the interpretation of dreams. Yep. He's been, he's been he's been gifted with the ability to interpret a dream. Yep. And he says to the butler, this is gonna happen. And he says to the baker, This is going to happen. And the baker, it happens. And to the butler, it happens. And the one thing he said is, when you get there, don't forget me. Okay? Now they're standing in a palace that his interpretation of their dream has put them into a position. It's quite a thing. Okay? Uh, Yeah, it's quite a thing. He put one guy in a grave, but uh, (laughs) and that guy forgot him. And he's still in a prison. Knowing that the prisoner in that cell, three doors down, is in a palace right now because oh. I interpreted his dream. Oh. I, I gave you one
0: job. Come over here, close to this prison <laughs> door, and let me get my hands out through the. Oh. <laughs> it's true. We can all feel that right now, right? Anybody you, you... can. Oh yeah, that's a human feeling. You, if, can... you, if you don't feel that, you're lying <laughs> oh. to yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, he is playing. We're coming back to the question. He is playing second fiddle, mm-hmm. fiddle mm-hmm. Yeah, if I was to in that man's dream. If I was in charge right now. Right? Yeah. He has mastered that. Now, God gives Pharaoh a dream who's up the ladder from Potiphar. Yeah. And when Pharaoh gets that dream, he comes in and he talks to the butler and says, man, I had a dream last night. And I really believe that the dream, and this is another discussion as well, but I believe that the dream that God gave Pharaoh was not just about the pending surplus and subsequent famine that was going to hit Egypt. It was also given to Pharaoh in a way that would remind him the need for the dream to be interpreted, remind the butler that he forgot that Joseph, was in the pit.
0: Yeah. Well, there has to be an entire cascade of events to set it up. Yes. Right. There has
2: to be. And and to use your term, that cascade of of mm-hmm. divine events mm-hmm. is all linked together and 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 in milliseconds, mm-hmm. entire decades of waiting yeah. synchronized together and just seamlessly fall in place. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Joseph shaves, Mm -hmm. because that's what you do when you go see a king. (laughs) And he cleans himself, and he prepares for the moment, Mm -hmm. and he makes his way into the throne room. And now, he is not in a pit, he's not in a palace. Potiphar's, he is in Pharaoh's court. I've got to throw this in here. I mean, at some point... (laughs) Potiphar's wife has to go, oh, snap. Oh, boy. (laughs) She is now looking up Mm -hmm. and seeing Joseph. She knows she's lied about him. She knows she has maligned his reputation. She knows it all. Mm -hmm. And Joseph, in one day, with the interpretation of a dream, is catapulted from prison to palace. Second... So here we come, second in command Mm -hmm. to Pharaoh. He begins orchestrating the surplus of Pharaoh's kingdom. He is the steward of Pharaoh's stuff, okay? When they hit the famine seven years in, it is Joseph who is overseeing the structural components Mm -hmm. of managing the surplus that we kept Mm -hmm. for the time of lack. And everybody's coming to Joseph. Pharaoh don't have a clue what's going on. Okay. Pharaoh's number one, but the number two guy Mm -hmm. is the one that is making it all happen. Mm -hmm. So I'll never forget when this dawned on me that, Everything that Egypt had was because of Joseph. Mm -hmm. All of the people that didn't die in the famine is because of Joseph. Mm -hmm. Joseph's brethren surviving are because of Joseph. And all of this happened because of a man that never filled a senior leadership role. Absolutely right. This was all done by a second-in-command man. He never, ever did go to the top. From our perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right. Because we always we always think of, you know, the CEO, right? The, right. And he never did You're get right. there. He never tapped that position. Yeah, he wasn't the president.
2: He was just the vice,
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay? And this has got everything to do with ministry. Hmm. If you think you can't do anything, and this this viewpoint exists, it exists in, in the apostolic ranks, it exists really in every one of us, and it's for sure a worldly, secular view. That if you're not the COO yep. of the Fortune 500 company, you're yep. nothing. Exactly. There are a lot of cogs that make successful businesses function. There are a lot of cogs that make successful ministries mm-hmm. function. And there needs to be a revelation that comes to somebody listening to this today. That from the from the second chair. You can oversee a revival that will literally Mm -hmm. alter the landscape of that ministry forever. Mm -hmm. You can oversee from that second-in-command position. Mm -hmm. You can oversee the fulfillment of dreams, vision. You can cast it. I do not believe for one second that Joseph wasted one minute of his life wandering around the marble-clad halls of, of Pharaoh's palace going, ah, I wish I was Pharaoh. Uh, if I ain't Pharaoh, I ain't nothing at all. And I know I'm using ain't, but uh, do you think that Joseph was doing that? No. If I'm not the senior pastor, I'm nothing at all.
0: I wonder... And I hope I would have the character of him, of Joseph, to be able to use my gift to interpret someone else's dream. Oh, you know, it's it's just a point of reflection, right?
2: Okay, let me let me let me throw that without oh, go ahead. without go knowing
0: ahead. the end of the story, where we know where Joseph ends up. When they when when they ask Joseph what to to interpret. It's like, well, why would I tell you what that means? I'm just sitting over here wasting my life away, right? Yeah. Why would I do that? I agree. Well, I I interpreted a dream once and look where where I
2: ended up. Right. And the very human carnal Mm. of why do that and you get ahead of me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, why would I do that? Right.
2: Yeah, this is my
3: secret sauce.
0: Yeah. Or I'm going to end up right back in another prison if I...
3: You know, yeah.
2: yeah, I done that once and it exactly bit me. it bit me. Yeah, yep. Well, okay. We know that Joseph even pushed that element out of his own life, of his own dreams, because when his brethren come before him, the Bible says mm-hmm. he remembered his dreams. Yes. So not just, only was he not going through the palace, wishing he was Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. He was also not going through the palace thinking Mm -hmm. that the dream was being fulfilled. Yeah. He wasn't living. Think about this. Think about this. He was second to Pharaoh, but he was number one in the dream. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is possible to be a number one man in a number two position. Definitely. Ah! See, where's Brother Williams? (coughs) (laughs) Drop some corn on that. A number
0: one mindset. Yes. In a number two position.
2: Yep. In his dream, Pharaoh wasn't even a part of the dream. No. He was the sheave that everybody was bowing down to. Mm -hmm. But that happened to him in a number two position.
1: Mm
3: Hmm. 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 But he had access to number one power. right
0: yeah yeah, and the dream was all about saying and defining him as the number one man
2: well and 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 could we say it even this way? A man, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but a, a, a riveting book that I read early in my ministry was mm-hmm. second in command by Dutch sheets mm-hmm. and and the premise of the book was this you need to know, whether the number two position is a calling for you mm-hmm. or a grooming ground without a proper understanding of that element, mm-hmm. then you either live in frustration or or complacency, mm-hmm. right? When you need to know, if I'm called to the number two position, that is number one.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that's right. Stop dreaming for something that is above. Mm -hmm. Okay? If, If Joseph would have aspired to be Pharaoh, think about this. If Joseph would have aspired to be Pharaoh, that number one position, then if he's Pharaoh, he can't interpret dreams. He can only dream dreams. Yeah. There's no need for you at that point. But because he's Joseph, would you rather be able to interpret dreams or would you just be like to be able to dream dreams?
0: Yeah, but it's not even just that, though. You're dreaming dreams that don't have an interpretation. Yes. Because Pharaoh didn't know what it meant. It meant nothing so to Pharaoh. What, what it was confusion. Is, what good is the dream if there is no interpretation? Skinny cows. Okay. <laughs> what's yeah. the, He's what's eating a, breakfast. Saying, I had the dumbest dream last night. You know? No, what is... You need the Joseph there to say, yeah, no, that wasn't a dumb dream. Let me tell you what it means. Yes.
2: Yes. Okay, so where this really gets to the brass tacks of ministry is we have to address the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is that we think that being a senior pastor, filling a pulpit is the only Uh way you can be involved in ministry. Ministry is so much broader Hmm. than that. That misconception that if you're not a pastor, you're nothing. Mm -hmm. And that, Mm -hmm. and this is strong, but that is damning Mm -hmm. to the apostolic movement. Mm -hmm. Ephesians says, he gave... Mm -hmm. Go ahead and read it for us. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. So we understand the role of the fivefold ministry. Yeah, yeah, my favorite okay. term. Yes. Um, we have elevated. We not scripturally. We have elevated. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing my words very carefully here. Oh, no, we're in the weeds now. The Office of the pastor Mm -hmm. over the other elements of ministry. Mm -hmm. Hear me. In the local church, the role of the pastor Mm -hmm. is the senior role. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that the Sunday school teacher and the senior pastor Mm -hmm. is the same. There's one shepherd. Mm -hmm. But amongst ministry, we've elevated in our day the role of the pastor. So if you don't aspire and become a pastor, you're nothing. Let, let, let me unpack this a bit more, and, and, and it, it almost affects our view of evangelist. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you're you're an evangelist because you're a fledgling preacher who, when he gets his game together, will be able to graduate and be a pastor, and be a pastor. Oh yeah. And until then, yep. who are you? Yep. Or if we tighten it down even more, you're an assistant pastor. So when you get your game really good <laughs> and together, God might let you become. Yeah.
0: You might have a good idea.
2: Yeah. 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 You're good with You You might be able to say that you're in the ministry then. <laughs> yeah. I've told this before, but. I've lived this. I assisted my dad. Okay? I did not become the senior pastor of FWC until 2010. You do know I started preaching a long time before that. Yeah. (laughs) You do know that I started studying a long time before that. A long, long time before that. Mm -hmm. You do know that I spent a lot of my life holding up the hands of the senior man.
3: So let me ask you this. When did you start pastoring?
2: Meaning, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When did you start operating? That transition, right, was so slow. Right. For many people, they think, and and it's a, it's humorous, mm-hmm. but it's a part of my story. So, we had, we had changed the the name of our church when we were reaching out into the French community. Mm-hmm. Apostolic doesn't translate mm-hmm. as conclusively in French as it as it is in an all encompassing. Mm-hmm idea in English so we we rebranded the church family worship center mm-hmm. so when we done it my dad told me he said now the inevitable is happening so when, when, when you change the domain of the church make your email address pastor at family worship and mm-hmm. mine bishop and let's. so I did because that's what my pastor told me to do when people started getting emails from me <laughs> The, the way they treated me completely changed.
3: Not your pastor.
2: Because now I'm a pastor. Now they'll reply to your emails. Buddy, can I ever preach now? <laughs> I am the same uh, guy that preached uh, yeah. last Sunday. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. that's exactly
2: it. So you Good mean thing. I got an email address, and that gave me a ministry? Wow. That,
0: yeah, and that's why you're treating me this
2: way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're guilty of being stuck on positions... In the ministry. Absolutely. We're guilty of it. I was just as much a preacher and just as much called when I was assist pastor as mm-hmm. when I am senior pastor. Mm-hmm. I was just as effective then as I am now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, I say this humbly, but I, I God's called me to this. Mm-hmm. So this, the second in command position for me was not a calling. It was a grooming ground. But you need to understand that not everybody that steps into that position moves beyond that position. Sure. And I think it's critical that those of us that are in senior leadership roles recognize the ministry contributions of those mm-hmm. that are supporting Oh, my us. goodness,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a good example of that would be a youth pastor. Yes, Absolutely, a youth pastor can probably relate sometimes to the youth at a different level than mm-hmm. the senior pastor. But yet, he's not undoubtedly one. he's not number one, right? But operating in his role can be very, very powerful,
0: right? Yeah. Man, a children's ministry. I mean, yep. you just go down through the list. Yep. Put a value on that stuff.
2: Yep. Well, okay. So let's let's talk about this. Let's read the net. he gave some apostles pastors, and yep. and yep. before we move on from that, without this proper understanding, mm-hmm. this is how it affects the church. We have people that aspire to be pastors that aren't called to be because they think until they become that, yep. they're nothing. And we have men that won't get out of the office of a pastor Yes, because they think when they hand that in, That's I fall off the shelf of ministry.
0: That's the Raymond Woodward episode, if you haven't heard
2: that. Yeah. A year plus ago now. but wow. That is what Bishop McKillop done so capably, mm-hmm. is that he he transitioned out of the position of senior pastor knowing he wasn't transitioning out of the ministry. Big difference. Big difference.
0: Okay? So you want me to read verse 12? Yes. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the reason
2: that he gives the fivefold ministry Mm -hmm. Is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, Mm -hmm. for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, a misunderstanding in this area totally changes how you interpret this passage of Scripture. He gave apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Mm -hmm. Check. Do it. For the work of the ministry. Yep, I do that. Mm -hmm. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Check. I do that. That's not how that's supposed to read. The work of the fivefold ministry is to perfect the saints mm-hmm. to do the work of the ministry mm-hmm. and to edify the body of Christ. I want you to read it in a couple of different translations.
0: Uh, so the ESV says to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body ah. of Christ.
2: The role of the five-fold ministry is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be involved mm-hmm. in the ministry. Mm-hmm. You are called to be saints. Hmm. We just think we're called to be pastors. We're called to be missionaries. No, we're called to be saints, that through the perfecting work of the fivefold ministry, we step into doing ministry in the pew, doing ministry in the classroom, doing ministry mm-hmm. as a hostess and usher, mm-hmm. a hospitality team, whatever you call it, outreach. I am in the ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm not making pastors out of everybody. I am telling you that the role of mm-hmm. doing ministry is everybody's job. How does the Amplified say it? He his gave the 5 full ministry? Yeah,
0: his intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building
2: up Christ's body, the church. If we don't approach it this way and we just keep ministry to the fivefold ministry and even tighter than that, our perception that being a pastor is, is it, then we have people who do have desires to be involved that really do aspire to be something mm-hmm. that they're never called to be. And at that moment— they make every fleeting ember a burning bush encounter and because Bingo. they yep. because they responded to a consecration style message and went to an altar and they were moved and god spoke to them i'm not i'm not belittling that no those are real moments but that's not what puts you in pulpit ministry or as a pastor mm-hmm. but you can leave that moment and you can aspire to be whatever God called you to be. As a saint, you can fill that second in command position mm-hmm. that becomes the framework that supports yeah. what the man of God in your local assembly is aspiring to get accomplished in his field of labor.
0: So the fivefold ministry exists to create more ministers. Yes.
2: More than the fivefold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The ministry of helps. Yes. Did he not talk about that? Yes. Right? And and, and again, there there's 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 those amongst us that have been so cautious about, well, everybody, you're not in the ministry yet. I, I'm 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 the minister of janitorial services. Or I'm, <laughs> I'm the No, no, you're not the pastor of janitorial services. But that is ministry.
0: It is ministry.
2: And it was ministry. The guy that took the goat out over the hill in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. and pushed it off the cliff was just as much in ministry as the priest that walked into (laughs) the holiest of holies and put the blood on the mercy seat. And everybody understood their role, Uh and they were all involved in the ministry. I just want someone that, that... is listening to us today that has been tormented a bit by the fact that, am I ever going to become? And I'm going to tell you, you need to become right now. Mm -hmm. Right now. Becoming is not acquiring a position. Becoming is something that you embrace right now. Mm -hmm. And you can be number one in the position that you fill.
0: Yeah, it's not this, um, I was trying to think as you were talking there's not this ladder of roles or um, corporate affairs. Yeah, there's not this organizational chain that you know. Once you become a musician, well, then you can become a this, and but in order to get this, you have to have been in this position. Right. You know, there's right. not this layer of that doesn't exist in the kingdom of God.
2: Right. Right. Okay. If if but. But without the understanding of what you just said, mm-hmm. politics gets involved. Oh, goodness! This person has to be in there because they're their family, I and they the, have to be in the well, choir because their the last name. I, I mean, it's it's just got to be yeah. the preacher's kid. Yeah, this is my son. He is going to be your pastor, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am my dad's son, and I am Woo! your pastor. Right. But I am because God called me to this position. Right? Right. But but without understanding that do you know what? It's possible to be a pastor's kid and not be in pulpit ministry, but still be in ministry.
0: Yeah. And doesn't make them a failure. And it's okay. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It it really is. And I am telling you, as someone that God has called to, the position of senior leadership of this assembly. I could not do what I do mm. without competent, submitted, called, mm-hmm. dedicated, anointed mm. people that support what's, what, what's happening here. We do not have what we have here because this is a one-man show. Three hours, maybe four, if you put it together, of of preaching a week builds this no not even when you really when you really get down to the foundation of 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 what ministry is pulpit ministry is such a narrow slim albeit critical yes critical but it's such a slim part of being a pastor the story and and this was in a recording that we done yesterday it wasn't a podcast but um, Bishop Odom told the story about the violinist mm-hmm. that he was a, a concert violinist and, and acclaimed mm-hmm. he'd won all these awards and when they when they gave him this award uh, life recognition award they said do you have anything that you want to say anybody you want to thank that Helped get you where you are. He said, yeah. I want to thank all the second violinists (laughs) who were willing to harmonize with me. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. They were willing to back me up. Mm -hmm. I am what I am because there are people that are willing to harmonize with me. The beauty of what God wants in each of the churches represented by our audience today is he wants there to be a harmony that ebbs from your church. The man of God, if you're the pastor listening, be that, but you need to develop harmonizing voices in your church. And if you are that, you need to understand that there may be times that the senior man steps on the stage, but your harmonizing help put him there. You've contributed to the beautiful tone emitting from what God's doing in your church. Every Moses needs an Aaron. Every Elijah needs an Elisha. Every Paul needs a Timothy. They need it. I've got to have it. And I I, I wanna I wanna leave you. With with this question today, we all know the story. I think it's recorded in in uh, Exodus, maybe seventeen, eighteen, somewhere in there. Moses is is leading Israel into a confrontation with Amalekites, and he tells Joshua, "Go down and fight mm-hmm. in the valley. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay up here." And the Bible says that as he held up his hands, the battle went mm-hmm. in favor of Israel. Listen, not in favor of Moses. Mm-hmm. In favor of Israel. And when he would drop his hands, Israel would lose. Raise his hands, Israel would get the victory. Mm-hmm. But he started getting tired. Mm. And Aaron... And Ur come running up, they set a rock underneath of him, and they hold up his hands. Here's the question that we wrap it up with today. Whose hands got the victory? Whose hands contributed to Israel getting the victory over the Amalekites in that battle? Well, Moses' hands, Okay. Whose hands were holding Moses. but whose hands were holding Moses's hands
1: because
2: mm-hmm. Moses's hands could only stay up so long by themselves. so I submit to you that Aaron's hands played just as much a role in getting the victory mm-hmm. as Moses's hands did. Mm-hmm. the hands of the second man played just as much a role in getting the victory as the senior man's hands do. he can only go so far he can only do so much. It's time that you get underneath him and support him and resist the idea that that is inferior because you are in a second-in-command position. Remember, Joseph saved Egypt, saved his people from annihilation in a famine from the second-in-command chair. That can be you.